Yeah, and I think a lot of times people tell themselves a story, just like I was saying earlier. Well, I didn't think I could be an athlete. You know, yeah. people say, I don't think I could sing. Somebody told me in seventh grade I couldn't sing, you mm-hmm. know, but we're all born with this, you know, we have a body and we can use it. And everybody has a voice. If you can talk, you can sing, mm-hmm. you know, so maybe it's just about rewriting your story. Welcome to the Good Life Central Oregon podcast, where we pursue the good life by helping you pursue yours. I'm parked halfway down the road, sitting in my Cadillac. Halfway out the door, leaning my head back. Halfway through a draw on my silver flask, feeling so tired. Mother always said the devil is too smooth. Figure what he's done, he's already through with you. You wind up breathing fire in a phone booth. You don't know who to dial. I call out to Jesus, but he never came. I call out to Mary, but I didn't hear a thing. I call out to Moses on a runaway train to come down. goes out to our sponsor, Remax Revolution and Sisters. Remax is the number one real estate company in the world, and Remax Revolution offers new solutions for better results. Go to ilovecentraloregon.com to find out more. All right, welcome to the Good Life Central Oregon podcast. This is another first for me. I am recording this podcast in my trailer up at uh, the Americana Song Academy, uh, up at uh, Caldera Lake in, uh, near Sisters, Oregon. And I've got one of my uh, my close camp friends. I, <laughs> I call her Buddy Beth. Yeah. B-dub. <laughs> um, Beth, say hi to everyone. Hi, everyone. This is my friend Beth Wood. Uh, she is a, uh, a singer-songwriter, uh, professional musician, uh, troubadour, uh, barefoot and acoustic enthusiast. Mm-hmm. Do I have Do I have all that? That good? sounds about I, right. That's from memory. I haven't done any research. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Th- th- uh, we need to tell that story about about why you play barefoot, but we'll get there in a minute. Okay. Um, uh, Beth is a. Uh, uh, Beth won the uh, Dave Carter Songwriting Contest in 2006 mm-hmm. for the Folk Festival, which is no longer a thing, Right, sadly. they retired the contest. They retired the mm-hmm. contest. Something mm-hmm. about uh, art and music being competitive. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it didn't go quite like they thought. But mm-hmm. nonetheless, um, even in 2006, winning the song contest at the Folk Festival wasn't the highest uh, folk festival to... Uh, um, what, well, it, it wasn't like the uh, the Sisters Folk Festival wasn't the main folk fest in mm. in America, but mm-hmm. it was a folk fest of note, mm-hmm. and it was an honor of some oh, significant absolutely. note. Absolutely, absolutely. Um, so kudos to you. Thank you. Um, but after that, you mm-hmm. became part of the family up here. I know. I love how this works. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And and even stranger is you were living in Texas at the time, and mm-hmm. and now you're not. There's a story there. So l- let's dive right. into that. Um, Let's get back to the beginning where mm-hmm. you studied music, high school, college, mm-hmm. and uh, at some point you attended a concert and said, I could do that. 
Will you tell us that story? Oh, is that how it goes? Okay, let's see. Um, this is all from memory, right? <laughs> well, you can fill in the cracks in yeah, the story. Yeah, so I grew up playing music, and but it was a more of a formal kind of music. I, I grew up playing classical piano and violin, and I started singing in high school. And then um, I went to college to study voice and piano, and I kind of had this... I kind of envisioned that I would be a pianist, and then... I don't know. Somewhere along the way, I had I took a detour, and uh, about that same time, I was discovering songwriters and this kind of music, and David Wilcox and Sean Colvin and Chris Whitley. Uh, yep. Um, a lot of um, I don't. It, it's not that I didn't realize this music was out there because I knew about James Taylor and Willie Nelson and all those guys, but I kind of found this kind of music that speaks to me. And it was at the same time that I was realizing that classical music didn't necessarily speak to me in the same way. Mm-hmm. And uh, so I decided to quit the classical program. And um, uh, at that point, I didn't know what to do with myself because I'd always been involved in music. And so I went and bought a used guitar and started to teach myself guitar. And then I answered an ad for a backup singer in a band. And so I started singing in a band in Austin I was I was not old enough to be in the bars that I was singing in, <laughs> and uh, and I and I did that and started writing songs and then um, I don't know was there someone to usher you in and then usher you out like 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 Somebody's Jackson dad. Five back in the day <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah it was it was pretty it was a trip but you know in Austin that wasn't uncommon back then for you know young kids coming up to play in bars and so so you you, you had a background in it and you mm-hmm. had enough. You had enough um, mojo, or even maybe just a, a lack of of thinking about it. As mm-hmm. far as you know, you know, for you, music was normal. Mm-hmm. Was it mm-hmm. was it just just mm-hmm. normal? And for many yeah. people, it's not. Right. Many right. many people, it's a mysterious veil that mm-hmm. you know, like the inner workings that you know, like the world mm-hmm. of Oz. But mm-hmm. for you, this mm-hmm. was just daily life. Definitely, it's something I grew up with, almost like you know, another language being spoken in my house. I just kind of it's something that I absorbed in it became a way that I see the world. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. So uh, tell us about um, Beyond College and Bands. <laughs> well, you know, um, like all bands do, uh, my band broke up. And so I was trying to figure out, well, what do I do now? And I kept, I'd been writing songs this whole time. And uh, so I started a duo with our drummer. And we did a bunch of coffee house gigs around town. And um, at the same time, I'd started working with um, a manager who usually mostly worked with bands and jam bands and stuff. And I don't even know why he wanted to take me on, but he did. And uh, he called me up one day and he's like, Hey Beth, I got you gig opening for this guy named Sean Colvin. (laughs) And please tell me you said, uh, who's that? (laughs) I was like, are you, is that a joke? (laughs) Um, And at that point I probably should have realized that that was not the right manager for me because Sean Colvin's a woman. And very influential in in the world of music that I live in, but anyway, that was fantastic, and that was my first solo gig. Wow! Yeah. Um, did you have any song camps yourself, or any mentoring, <laughs> or did, I mean, who did you go to 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 learn mm-hmm. the? I mean, going from classical where mm-hmm. you play this note and you play it in this manner, right? Then going to okay now. <laughs> You know, yeah, you make, make the, it up. <laughs> you, you make it up as you go. Who were your mentors? How it, did you learn this process? It was a really interesting shift in thinking the way that I thought about music. And um, 
I, pr- I pretty much taught myself guitar by experimentation. And um, I didn't have, at that point, I didn't have any mentors or anyone sort of showing me the way. Um, but I looked to other artists and studied what they did and what I liked about what they did, like the tunings that um, Wilcox does. And, um, you know, and so it, it was a, um, it was a really cool way to explore and learn um, that was completely opposite of what I, what I, the world I lived in before. And then once I realized I wanted to do this for a living, I, um, I discovered a lot of mentors and um, people that sort of helped me out and shaped the way that I do things, both business-wise and music-wise. So even though you grew up around music and knew music mm-hmm. as another language, did you find yourself on terribly shaky ground in this new, um, a- almost a different sub-language? Yes, and I'll tell you what was shaky for me was learning how to talk to an audience. Mm. <laughs> because... When I was used to performing, it's, you know, in a recital, you don't talk. You just get up and you play, yeah. and then you get off the stage. And so that part of the experience was something that was hard and scary, and I definitely um, looked to my peers for help on that. Which is interesting, because that's one of the things that makes you so endearing as a performer, is that your connection mm. with mm-hmm. with people, well, with, the, with the audience. Yeah, that's something that I didn't realize was important. And, and once I realized that, um, I tried. To, I worked hard on it. And it still sometimes doesn't come easy. Interesting. Yeah. Um, you, you play it off well. <laughs> so how did that process uh, work? You deciding that you're just going to be a mm-hmm. pro musician and troubadour and travel the country? Yeah. And, well. Because that, that takes some moxie. It's, it takes some... I guess it does. I, I don't know. It's kind of a, it's a really long story. Do you want to hear it? <laughs> I, I do. I do. But okay. Let, let's, let's do a, a abbreviated me, version. Yeah, an abbreviated version. So I always knew that I wanted to do music. Okay. And, mm-hmm. you know, when I grew up and I thought it was going to look like one thing and then it didn't. So mm-hmm. I wasn't sure. I, I, I worked day jobs. I, you know, I try, explored different things. I worked for a magazine um, all the while doing music and I realized that there, I was going to kick myself if I didn't at least try to make music my living mm-hmm. and at least see, you know, so, um, all, all things kind of come together. And, um, I was living in Austin at the time, realizing that Austin is a very hard town to make a living as a musician in, oddly enough, because oddly enough, yeah. there's so because many there's people there doing it. And yeah. um, and so uh, some friends of mine had a farmhouse in North Carolina, um, and they had an empty room, and they said, hey, come out, you can live here, we'll charge you 200 bucks a month, and you know you can home base out of here. And so for me, that was, that was the opportunity that, made it all work and you know I had this in front of me and I was I loved Austin but I was like hey you know if I'm gonna make this happen Mm -hmm. I need to try this and so so I did and And, it was and oddly enough there is music outside of Austin there is it's so weird (laughs) it's kind of funny (laughs) so uh, let me let me chase down a little rabbit hole that you opened Mm -hmm. up then Um, you talked about uh, you know $200 rent so Mm -hmm. when you become a professional musician 
then there's the creative side, there's the performance mm-hmm. side, but there's also the the business side. There's mm-hmm. the logistics. There's mm-hmm. the got to pay the bills at some point. Mm-hmm. How have you managed dealing with that mm-hmm. side of the business? That is a complete learning curve, and because I never set out to be an entrepreneur, but that's kind of what you that's are. That's kind of what you that's are. That's what you end up doing. You're a small business owner. Yeah. You you're a sole proprietor, mm-hmm. and so all that stuff didn't necessarily come easy either but it's you kind of teach yourself how to do it um and you know obviously starting out with my rent being two hundred dollars a month that that was such a AKA gift low overhead such a gift <laughs> it, it it allowed me to um tour and uh sort of launch as a touring musician but not only that it allowed me a lot of free time to write songs and um that was an, an invaluable gift at that time so yeah that that's a, a gift that not everyone gets yeah, but um yeah. so i'm still working on the business part <laughs> so, well but so let's mm-hmm. let's uh, bring us back to mm-hmm. um now today i mean you've you've obviously built up a following you don't just travel around mm-hmm. where where the home base is i mean you mm-hmm. are now touring through the nation mm-hmm. and and internationally i am yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay so well i well about i know about the uh was it the kaimo oh was yeah that, i guess i was in international that, waters that that's, counts that's international yes <laughs> that's awesome yeah okay yeah we don't we don't need to provide too many details yeah. just you are an international i like the sound musician. of that yeah 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 she, she's kind of puffing up now and i don't i don't, I don't know if i'm going to bring her back to the interview she's floating <laughs> international musician yeah um so how did that process go from having that low overhead and having Mm -hmm. free time to where you are now with Mm. the business so to speak yeah um uh it's ever evolving and i had uh i had a few years at that at that farmhouse where i could get going and then uh, i discovered this really wonderful um thing which is college market and a lot Mm. of artists play um the college market which is a completely huge and separate thing in its own right and i just happened to get into that at the very right time and um i ended up playing in the college market for probably three or four years and the one thing that's great about it is it's really really good money and you play almost every night. So it's almost like going to school, you know? So can you define that a little bit better, college mm-hmm. market? We're not talking coffee shops anymore, are we? Um, it depends on the venue they provide for you. So um, colleges and universities all across the country. Or is this like concerts in the commons? or It can be. Okay. Um, some of them will put you in their beautiful you know, theater with a thousand seats. Oh, and then okay. some of them put you in the... Um, you know, the um, student union building next to the fryer, <laughs> you yeah, know, yeah, you're, just, you're completely yeah. at their mercy. Yeah. <laughs> so um, there's a lot of great things about it and a lot of hard things about it, but it does force you to learn how to be on the road and how to play night after night. So did that turn out to be kind of like a, a finishing school for? I think it, it was in, in a way and it, and it was, it allowed me to fund my own music and so mm. i was able to make albums um I, that i probably made three albums um that i paid for from touring in that world and it it was really great that way awesome but, yeah 
exhausting in other ways. Yeah, I can yeah. imagine. Yeah. I hear stories that, you know, being a musician is mm-hmm. hard mm-hmm. work mm-hmm. and a lot of travel. Um, mm-hmm. um, so through all this, and so now business-wise, where are you? You, you, you have people now, right? <laughs> I have person. I have person. <laughs> um, I have mm-hmm. a booking agent, Renee, that I work with, and we partner on it together. Um, it's a great help in a lot of ways to have that. And um, I worked with a manager for a while. That wasn't the best fit. So, you know, right now it's it's me and Renee. So are you still booking your gigs between you and Renee? Mm-hmm. Yes. And are you still sending out your own newsletter? <laughs> yes. I do. <laughs> I do my newsletter every month. And uh, it's uh, a labor of love, and uh, it makes me really happy when people tell me they read it. <laughs> <laughs> which, which is funny because I put out a newsletter too, and yeah. I just think every time I do this, I'm, I'm putting all this work into it. Does anyone read it? I know. You know what's really depressing? But you can't though? not do it. I know. You have to do it. And, and I find that being consistent about it actually is a good thing. And you know, some, maybe people won't read every one of them, but if they know it's coming, you know, they're, they're more likely to read it. But yeah. This uh, email service that I use has this um, thing where it has analytics and it'll show you mm-hmm. how many people opened your email. Yeah. <laughs> it's like so depressing. My, my only goal <laughs> is just to be of the industry average, <laughs> which is which is usually like 14.2%. Yeah, just double just, digits. Yeah. I'm good with that. I'm good with that. <laughs> right on. Hey, hey, you know, it's all, you know, yeah, it's, it's like marketing, you know, 100% of your marketing budget you know or 50 percent of your marketing budget you know is valuable and the mm-hmm. other 50 is not just trying to figure out which is yeah. which is the hard part yeah uh so as you've traveled through the country and international waters mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you've met a lot of people yes you've played some amazing venues mm-hmm. you've had some fantastic experiences uh what kind of life lessons does one learn in your line of work or in your experience mm. um you learn how to say yes, even if it's scary, and uh, to challenge yourself. In, um, I think that's the main thing is that to say yes. <laughs> to say yes. Mm-hmm. So this line of work is, you know, it's not just driving from one gig to the next, playing your mm-hmm. set, getting the job done. I mm-hmm. mean, th- this is risky. It is in some ways, and sometimes you don't you kind of have to take a leap of faith you know mm-hmm. somebody might say hey we, we have this gathering you know would you come sing at our church gathering tomorrow mm-hmm. and, you know maybe your inclination is to say no because you want to sleep late but you know um i find that if you're open to it and and say yes you it, good things will happen and, and that goes for you know it goes across the board i had a friend that was a, like a super um snazzy like big time booking agent and he would call me every now and then and be like hey beth you know can you open for share (laughs) (laughs) you know at the american Airlines center in dallas that's awesome and i'm like what (laughs) um what what do i wear and you know so (laughs) don't worry we've got an outfit for you (laughs) (laughs) you know and so i said yes even though i was freaking out and then it ends up that she um turned out she wanted to have a comedian open up but you know i don't know you just you got to say yes (laughs) you know to me it just seems like um that's the if there was a secret sauce in Mm -hmm. whatever we do in life that Mm -hmm. just those 
those unplanned crazy mm-hmm. moments. Yeah. If for nothing else, you'd even if things just went horribly wrong, you'd have one heck of a story afterwards. <laughs> right. And also, you know, about trusting your instincts yeah. and um, and and saying yes on stage as well. You know, because you know maybe somebody will ask you, "Hey, will you come sing on my song?" And and maybe you don't know it, but you know to trust your instincts and your musical instincts and just be like sure okay <laughs> and uh yeah right on yeah. um what have been the high points oh you, man well real, real quick real yeah. quick side question okay how long have you been doing this this is my 17th year 17th year full-time full-time yeah okay so now back to the question what would have been the high points of um, your career high points I think the absolute highest point was getting to meet my musical hero, Chris Whitley, and sing mm. with him. And it wasn't just because he was my hero, but he was so engaged and humble and kind. And it, I don't know, it, um, that was probably the best, exp- the best highlight of my musical life, or my life. Well, and for those, for those people who, don't know Chris mm-hmm. Whitley. Um, you know, you turned me on to him just mm-hmm. because I play a little slide, and he's like, "You got to listen to Chris oh, Whitley." Dude. So <laughs> I did, and it was just amazing. But yeah. I didn't realize he was the one that um, that wrote the song "Big, Big Sky Country," yes. which I think most people know. Are, how else would people know Chris Whitley? Um, Big Sky Country is his biggest one, and uh, his first album, "Living with the Law," mm-hmm. um, came out. It was it like nineties, mid nineties, I'm thinking. It was kind of the time when they were still playing actual rock songs on the rock radio. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> Big Sky Country came out. No comment. <laughs> um, and, uh, but to be honest with you, he I don't know that he was super well known. Um, but that song is probably yeah. his biggest. And, and I don't think I remember hearing his name until you brought him up. But uh-huh. then when I heard him, I started recognizing some of the songs, uh-huh. or at least the, the melodies and stuff. Uh-huh. But of course, Big Sky Country was a song that I remember hearing and just thinking, wow. Yeah. Great song. Oh, yeah. Um, I, don't, I don't know if I'm legally allowed to add a little sound clip to this, but if I can, I'll. That'd be I'll sweet. Just, just a little snippet so people know mm-hmm. what it is. It's fully mm-hmm. promotional. But, um, <laughs> what, about, um, what about low points? of this industry um wow there's so many <laughs> there's so many <laughs> come on you, you get paid to sing it, you know it doesn't suck no it's i think the low points are the moments of uncertainty and i know that i just said that you have to say yes and trust in yourself but um it's a very it's a job that's it's hard to know what you can count on financially so, you know, one my, one month you might do great and then the next month you might just bottom out and you don't know what you can count on. So that that makes for uh, um some shaky ground and uh um yeah. It it seems to me you know, being, you know, a little bit of a musician, but I certainly don't travel. I mean, maybe down the road, but mm-hmm. um but when you don't have that sense of security or if you're stressed out, that that mm-hmm. would manifest mm-hmm. at least eventually mm-hmm. in your performance. Have you had any experiences? Um, I don't. Ah, it's tough. There's something that happens to me physically when I start singing and it kind of 
erases all of that stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, so the music to me is the reason, and it reminds me that it's the reason every time. Um, but it's hard to live in that space of uncertainty sometimes. Yeah. 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 My, my own experience has been, you know, getting ready for uh, a local gig and mm-hmm. y- you know, I, I might have a million things in my mind, mm-hmm. you know, busy day, mm-hmm. kids at home. And I'm thinking, Oh God, I don't have time for this. Right. I, what, what, oh, I, what am I doing? What am I doing? Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, I, I just have to do it. Uh, mm-hmm. just show up and then get all the mm-hmm. gear set up and like, Oh, this is going to suck. I haven't <laughs> practiced. I've been busy. My mind's elsewhere. Yes. And as soon as I start playing after that first song, then everything washes away. You're it's in the amazing. moment. And it's just amazing that, that power that has just say, you know, you're here. Let's just it have is. some fun. It's an invitation to the moment that that is constant and it never fails yeah. me. Yeah. And you know, like working out or or taking mm-hmm. time for yourself to do mm-hmm. anything mm-hmm. after playing. Mm-hmm. Then I'll go back to my busy schedule and my families mm-hmm. and stuff. Then I'm I feel like I'm just so much better and yes. better prepared. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So th- that would be a good tip for everyone is for sure. If mm-hmm. if you're getting bogged down. Mm-hmm. Just go away play and music. come back. <laughs> go play music, yeah. yeah. Um, so, so uh, uh, you started in Texas. Went to, mm-hmm. I'm sorry, South Carolina, North Carolina, North Carolina, North Carolina. Mm-hmm. Um, North Carolina. No, I, I, I had a 50-50 <laughs> chance on that. We had this neighbor. I lived in South Carolina when I was a kid, and we had this neighbor who was like totally southern and. Um, we, my mom, we were visiting with her. My mom made the mistake of, uh, she said her son went to Carolina. And my mom was like, well, which Carolina <laughs> did you mean? <laughs> she got this look on her face like she was so offended. She's like, oh, well, if I would have meant North Carolina, I would have said North Carolina. <laughs> How funny. Which is kind of funny. There's a, same, a similar dynamic in California. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Where, California. Oh. Oh. Southern? Southern or, or northern. northern. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. Sorry. <laughs> I'm, fr- I'm from the south, dude. Yeah, right. <laughs> okay, I sidetracked you. Sorry. No, that's all right. So um, uh, where where are you now? Mm. Where is home base? I'll, I'll stop a little bit while you're drinking we, your water. We live in Eugene, Oregon. And how did you get to Eugene, Oregon from Texas via <laughs> well, South, Northern California? Uh, Northern California, South Carolina. Carolina. Um, my husband ended up getting a job in Eugene, and uh, it was a really awesome opportunity that we couldn't pass up. And what was really cool about it is that because I had been to Sisters Song School and Festival a couple of times, I already knew people in Eugene. You were already matriculated into... <laughs> Yeah. Oregon culture. It was so cool. And so, like, on, even on the first week after we moved here, um, our buddy Sean hosted a party and a song circle for us, you know? So yeah. it, it was really great to kind of already have a community when we moved here. But I would imagine you'd have some roots in most towns across the nation. Uh-huh. And <laughs> international waters. Yes. <laughs> I do have friends in many places. Yeah. So um, so that, that move was based purely on on marty's job yes yeah where uh did you have plans to move were you trying to move or we had dreamed of escaping texas sorry texas uh for a while and we um moved to colorado for a short year 
and then um, this thing came along in Eugene. So just it was like, hey, we, we escaped Texas, and we keep going west. But because you travel so much, does it really matter where your home is, as long as it's um, a place that you like to come home to? For the most part, it's, it is a little rough being so far away from the rest of the country. Um, but, hey, you know. It's a great, it's a beautiful place. That's why the good Lord invented airplanes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but because this uh, podcast is is uh, kind of centralized on Central Oregon, mm-hmm. even though you don't live here, you mm-hmm. are a, I'm, you know, I'm going to call it the Friends of Central Oregon. Nice. <laughs> uh, because you do have some, some roots here. Even though you don't live mm-hmm. here, you have a little bit of a family here. Mm-hmm. What do you love about oh Central gosh. Oregon? <laughs> you pick one thing no i'm just kidding well, <laughs> um well i mean the big thing for me and a lot of people is the natural beauty um that it's the kind you know it's the jaw-dropping kind and uh i i love that um i love the um the sense of that people here have of being outdoors and it's kind of like something that everybody does, and it's important to everyone, most everyone, being healthy and being outdoors, and that resonates with me. Yeah. Um, like growing up around music, this is mm, Oregonian sense yeah. of normal, just being outside. Exactly, exactly, yeah. What else do you love about Central Oregon? Well, I love sisters. <laughs> <laughs> it's really hard not to. Yeah. Um, and uh, I was, we were laughing. I was laughing with somebody who lives in Sisters the, the other day because my experience of it is so idyllic, you know. Yes. And um, I've been you there. You show up for the party. I not, come not for, for the, the, after the, the party. festival <laughs> and the love fest, and it's like, oh, this town is so wonderful. We should move here. <laughs> yes, and it is wonderful. I know it is, you know. But it's a small town, like like any other. Yeah. But I do love Sisters. I love how walkable it is. You can park your car one end of town and forget about it. Just walk mm-hmm. around. Um, and I love Bend. How cool is Bend? It's like, it's a um, really sweet downtown. I wish we had more of a downtown in Eugene. Yeah. Um, but I think Bend's downtown is pretty unique and fun. Yeah, it, it's kind of a throwback from mm-hmm. the early days. It just kind mm-hmm. of evolved in its own right and you mm-hmm. can't stop it but it, it's still kind of that downtown feel we're going downtown mm-hmm. yeah <laughs> you know the downtown sisters is, is doesn't have quite the same ring to <laughs> no <it. laughs> and i love the dry air i have to admit because i grew up in what west texas where it was very dry and so this kind of feels right <laughs> gotcha <laughs> yeah yeah hot and humid just doesn't mm-hmm. work uh, yeah um how would you define and how do you then consequently live, quote unquote, the good life? Mm, the good life to me is, um, I, th- I think Bob Dylan said something about, you know, it's when you get up in the morning and you are able to do what you want to do. Um, that's a good life. Um, somehow being able to balance um, your work with, your family and um, taking care of your spirit and your body to me that's the good life and how do you then live that it seems like that that would be a tall order if you're spending most of your time in a car or a plane (laughs) it is 
But it's a balance. You know, I go out on the road for a couple of weeks and then I come home for a couple of weeks. Mm. And when I'm home, I'm home, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, I work out of the house. I cook a lot. And grow vegetables. And I grow vegetables. I try to. And uh, so it's a balance. Well, and one other thing that we need to throw in here, too, um, just so people don't think uh, you're just the, the artsy-fartsy in, in La La Land, <laughs> tell us about um, your athleticism. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> you had to be expecting that. Oh, you're funny. Um, I don't know if I would call it that. However, um, since we moved to Eugene, which has been about five years ago, I've been really inspired uh, about running, and I was a runner before. But since we moved to Eugene, I I love running outside now. Mm-hmm. And uh, so I ran a couple half marathons. And then this year I challenged myself to run a full marathon. So I did the Eugene Marathon um, at the end of July. And it was really fantastic. Which, which, if I remember right, I've heard people tell me that, and maybe I have this um, mixed up with something different, isn't the Eugene Marathon pretty difficult for, as far as marathons go? Um, I don't... Or is it a flat course? I'm pretty sure it's a flat course. Okay. Yeah, I think people brag about that it's an easy course. Well, it's, not it's easy, a, but... Not it's... easy, but a, a good mm-hmm. first marathon. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But nonetheless, you, you're a runner, and therefore, mm-hmm. if you if you run a marathon, I'm just calling you an athlete. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah, you're going to have cool. to... Cool. So, well, inter- awesome. international musician, an athlete. <laughs> I love that, because fair, I, fair I never... Th- you know, I never thought I could be an athlete when I was a kid, you know? had asthma and I was mm-hmm. I don't know I just but um so it means something to me to be able to do that and I appreciate that and and so uh, again you kind of open up another little rabbit hole I want to pursue just a little bit so here you are an artist and musician what gave wh- where did you get the moxie the mojo to mm-hmm. think <laughs> you know, I can I can run 26.2 miles <laughs> When, you know, uh-huh. we, we established that mm-hmm. music was your sense of normal. It's not mm-hmm. everyone's sense of normal, mm-hmm. but but you now have a new sense of normal as far as mm-hmm. running. Mm-hmm. Um, I read this book recently about confidence and about how you, by taking small steps, you build confidence. And so mm-hmm. it's it's not that I was sitting around thinking, I'm going to go run a marathon and, Gosh, you know, kick I butt. <laughs> I can do that. I, um, but... I ran a half marathon and it was really great, you know, and then I did it again and that was cool. And so what it was more like saying, I, you know, what could I do? And so I committed to, um, to, well, I committed to finishing the marathon. And so, you know, I didn't know if I was going to be able to run or walk or whatever. And so I started the training and and each week we had a, a long run on Saturday and each time I did it. And, mm-hmm. and so each time I did it, I gained more confidence in thinking, okay, I can do this. And it was cool because, you know, the way they had our training set up, we did, we'd started off with long runs and they get longer and longer and longer and longer. And then all of a sudden they would pull back. And so I'd be looking at the chart and I'd be like, oh, it's just 10 miles today. Yeah. You know, <laughs> it's, it's just, it's a way of looking at things. And, and, and so I was going to ask you after pushing yourself to mm-hmm. half marathons, mm-hmm. now you've run a full marathon. Mm-hmm. How tough do half marathons seem? Sounds like fun. <laughs> yeah, well, ain't no fun. Sounds like really a lot of fun. Which, yeah. it, which you know, I, I love the idea of establishing a sense of normal, but that mm-hmm. sense of normal can be changed. Yes, absolutely. By, by pushing yourself to a point where you're uncomfortable, mm-hmm. sitting there for a little while, mm-hmm. kind of like the uh, climb high, sleep low type of idea mm-hmm. for climbers. Mm-hmm. Um, 
so it, so that's how you've been able to become an athlete and a runner. And it translates to other things, you know, once it, just being able to run the marathon has given me a kind of confidence mm -hmm. that, and not just in my body, but just in general. I, I've seen you strutting around mm -hmm. song camp. Like, That's, <laughs> so. right. That's right. Well, in a, but I think that confidence that you're talking about mm -hmm. for running, mm -hmm. a lot of people here at the camp are experiencing with singing songs in front of other people, mm -hmm. in front of a microphone. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and it could be, it doesn't have to be music or running or athleticism. Mm -hmm. It could be something else. Mm -hmm. But those are... Mm -hmm. Those are the steps to overcome those. Yeah, and I think a lot of times people tell themselves a story, just like I was saying earlier. Well, I didn't think I could be an athlete. You know, yeah. people say, oh, I don't think I could sing. Somebody told me in seventh grade I couldn't sing, you mm -hmm. know, but we're all born with this, you know, we have a body and we can use it. And everybody has a voice. If you can talk, you can sing, mm -hmm. you know, so maybe it's just about rewriting your story. Yeah. Well, and, um, Sorry, last week we went to the Dave Matthews concert in, mm -hmm. in Bend, and you know, hearing all these songs I've been listening to for well over ten years, yeah. but it was one song I've heard a million times, mm -hmm. and one line in a mm -hmm. song that just really stuck out to mm -hmm. me, and it was uh, from the song "Lie in Our Graves." Mm -hmm. I can't believe that we would lie in our graves wondering if we spent our living days well. Mm. Yeah. And, and it just—I mm -hmm. mean, I just fixated on that one line. Mm -hmm. I was thinking, well. Okay, I got to do something tomorrow that right. that makes me uncomfortable because I don't mm -hmm. want to five minutes, five years, fifty years from now mm -hmm. thinking, oh, I wish I would have done something. Exactly, exactly. Awesome. Um, so uh, let's follow this uh, line of thinking. So what tips would you offer for those folks who are listening to this podcast and wondering about, God, maybe I should be a singer, maybe I should be a <laughs> runner, maybe I should do X, Y, or Z? What tips would you offer them to? get unstuck from the mud so to speak um, I mean I think it I think it's just baby steps and each baby step creates more confidence and so if you have a song sing it for your dog first mm -hmm. and then if that goes well sing it for your mom just knowing that the you dog know? might howl but that's a good thing <laughs> yeah and then you know maybe gather a few friends together and say hey can I sing this song for you and each time you do that you're performing that song and you're making an imprint on your brain of a positive experience that you had performing that song. Um, so I think taking baby steps is a great way to do it. Great advice <laughs> from someone who's done it. So uh, now this is my uh, rapid-fire question series. Oh, gosh. Series. I'm so scared. Um, um, oh, oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> we can't go there yet. Okay. Tell us a story about why do you always play music barefoot? I Is there a story? I don't know why. I don't, I don't know. I'm asking you. Oh, okay. You're the, you're the <laughs> one who does it. <laughs> um, I can make something up if you'd like. I mean, I'll be honest that I really do not remember how or why it started, but for some reason people um, pick up on that and notice that, and um, so... There's something about being able to feel the ground mm -hmm. and feel that energy coming up through my body. And uh, so I just stuck with that. And I'm also a very clumsy person. So I don't want to wear some crazy, you know, heel So that's why you don't that, wear stilettos. Yes, that I'm going to trip on stage. At least this way, you know, I know what, th what things are going to feel like. Yeah. <laughs> so is that... Is that more of like a Bethwood branding or that's just your preference? I think uh, it's my preference. There are, 
And then it be, kind of became a thing. Yeah, hence your, and now it's a your thing. signature, the barefoot <laughs> yeah. acoustic and enthusiast. There's, there's some days where I kind of, I'm like, oh, man, I don't want I'd rather play my shoes on, but I don't know. I, I don't know where that stage has been. <laughs> yeah, I mean, there's some gross stages. If yeah. you've ever played in a bar. Uh, a wine bar. It's disgusting. Well, yeah. wine bar is not too bad, but yeah. anyway. Yeah, so it is. It's kind of a, my thing, and that's all right. I like it. Right on. <laughs> all right, our rapid-fire question series. Um, <laughs> baby steps, Beth. Okay, baby steps. okay, baby steps. Just one, one at a time. One, one at a time. Okay. There are ten total. We're just okay. just focus on this one. Okay. What is your favorite virtue? What is my favorite virtue? Kindness. What is your favorite vice? Um, whiskey. <laughs> right on. <laughs> what motivates you? What motivates me? It just in general. And yeah. Um, what motivates me? That's a really good one. <laughs> Thank you. Coffee. <laughs> Another good answer. Okay. What frustrates you? Um, what frustrates me is I am a person that takes a long time to process things. So, um, rapid fire is hard for me. <laughs> Noted. <laughs> What guides you? My spirit. What distracts you? Play. <laughs> <laughs> what inspires you? Um, my surroundings, my friends, my relationships. Mm. So what is your favorite quote or verse? Um, <laughs> it's got to be Yoda. There is no try, only do and do not. Do or do not. <laughs> there is no try. <laughs> That's also one of my favorites. Nice, yeah. Nice call on that. So if you weren't a barefoot acoustic enthusiast and traveling troubadour mm -hmm. into international waters, what mm -hmm. would you be? Maybe I would be a English teacher or choir director. Uh, that, that makes perfect sense. Or a mom. <laughs> You never know. Or all three. You never know. What do you hope to hear God say when you arrive at the pearly gate someday? Um, welcome. Awesome. Is there anything else you'd like to add? Anything else you want to say? Um, no, this has been great fun. Thank you. Thank you for doing <laughs> this. I, I'm, I'm glad I could uh, surround you with uh, luxury uh, while we do this. Um, so how can people find you find your music online elsewhere Get, join your newsletter uh, yes my newsy <laughs> newsletter um the world headquarters is bethwoodmusic.com see international mm -hmm, world headquarters mm -hmm, love it. Mm -hmm. so uh say the say the url one more time bethwoodmusic.com okay that's the best way. and so that's where they can find you mm -hmm. and um and uh you have a plethora of mm -hmm. cds i do i have nine cds and a new one yes would you like to plug it uh, sure, it's called Sometimes Love, and I made it with my band and Eugene. Super excited about so, it. Oh, I think, no, I, I did know that, that yeah. you, you're playing the band instead of solo. Mm -hmm. Awesome. Yeah. Awesome. Um, so, um, so BethwoodMusic.com, you can hear samples of Beth's glorious <laughs> pipes. 
you're a good singer. Thank you. <laughs> um, anyway, uh, thank you so much for joining us. Yeah, and, uh, and this is Jeremy with The Good Life uh, in Central Oregon and pursuing the good life by helping you pursue yours. Mm. Thanks, Thank Beth. you. To my mic, testing one, two, three, four, five, six, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve. 12.